Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the show for Street Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Also coming to you live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm your host, Nick Eber, and this is the Boxing Day edition of Fist Street Soccer. We're going to look forward to all the matches coming up on Thursday. Boxing Day, of course, a full slate of Premier League matches, of course, here in the United States. Christmas Day is a day of NBA games, uh, but I'm not going to be talking about those quite obviously. Instead, we'll be talking about what is happening in the greatest show on earth. That's right, the world's greatest reality show, the English Premier League. And some really good matches to look forward to, uh, not least of which the Vitality Arsenal will be visiting Bournemouth. Should be a fascinating match. We've got match of the two promoted teams, Aston Villa and Norwich at Villa Park. We've got Chelsea going to face Southampton after that big win against Spurs. We've got Palace, West Ham at Selhurst Park. Let's not forget Ancelotti now at the helm of Everton. They're going to be playing Burnley at Goodison. Sheffield United, Watford. Watford getting a big win uh, last over the weekend. United, Newcastle. And probably the biggest match of... Boxing Day, of course, we're looking at Liverpool-Leicester at the King Power Stadium. All right, we're going to look at all those matches. Let's also talk a little bit about racism and what went on over the weekend at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. We need to discuss it because there are a whole range of issues that come up about this, and I think they're worthy of a little noodling, let's just put it that way. Uh, Let's also talk about the transfer market. It's about to open up in January. Who needs to buy? Who doesn't? Of course, the beautiful game is always beautiful, but sometimes, well, more beautiful than others. But we are here. It is the Boxing Day edition of the show. We hope you will stay with us, and we're here with you each and every weekday from 6 p.m. Pacific. That's 9 Eastern Time on Dan Patrick Sports, Sirius XM 211, also live on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, live on American Forces Radio, and streaming live on iHeartRadio. Tune in, the award-winning Sirius XM app. If you miss any of this show, you can catch it right afterwards up on our podcast network, the Believe, B-L-E-A-V, podcast network. You can find us there pretty much as soon as the show is over. If you'd like to reach me, you can do that on Twitter. I'm at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. All right, time to take a break. I'm going to do that and be right back to kick it off here on Fifth Street Soccer. All right, welcome back to Street Soccer. Just pulling up the odds here for some of these games so uh, we can look and see if there's any <coughs> superlative value, <coughs> excuse me, coming up here in the Premier League matches uh, this weekend. I'm just popping right to the big match of the season. And uh, surprisingly, by the way, this is an interesting one. Liverpool plus money for the match at King Power against Leicester City. But we're, we're going to get to that. Don't worry. In the meantime, I want to talk a little bit about what happened over the weekend where um, Antonio Rudiger, who plays for Chelsea, as you know, said that he had heard monkey sounds coming from the stadium being chanted 
um, towards, I don't remember who he was saying that they were chanting them towards, but he claimed that he heard monkey sounds coming from the stadium. And in response to that, the Tottenham Hotspur, the referee told the Tottenham Hotspur officials at the stadium to institute phase one of UEFA's anti-racism protocol, which demanded a PA announcement be made that racist behavior is interrupting the game, essentially, is, is, you know, which I think is a weird thing to say. I think you should say racist behavior will not be tolerated, and if it continues, the game will cease. But uh, they made a a, a total of three announcements over the PA system. Uh, They did stop the game briefly. Uh, They had the right to end the game early, but they didn't. But what's interestingly interesting enough is that at the end of it all, Tottenham are unable to find any evidence of racist behavior and monkey chance being directed towards anybody on the pitch, or period, just there at all. Now, if you're listening to this, you're saying, well, yeah, but, you know, it's a big stadium, there's, you know, 50,000 people there, and how could they know that? Well, you should know that all these stadiums are covered every inch of them by CCTV. This is one of the things they look for. This is one of the things they're trained to look for. As well as the fact that other fans in the stadium are now on high alert over this and look for, look, any, look, if the guy next to you starts acting like a complete twat and jumping up and now making monkey sounds, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to walk right up. I'm going to find the nearest security guy and I'm going to tell him. Because there's no room in my life for that. And there should be no room in our society for that. And I'm not the only one that feels that way. Trust me, there are enough people in football grounds that are going to say something if somebody's making ridiculous, disgusting monkey chants at a player on the, on, on the pitch. But that didn't happen here. They couldn't find it on CCTV. They couldn't find it on the, uh, through security in the stadium. And... Look, there's a good possibility it didn't happen. And and I'm not saying it didn't happen. And if it did, I'm horrified. And uh, the nice thing I can say, the, the one thing I can say is this. These stadiums, as I mentioned, head to toe in CCTV cameras. And when the person that does this, that acts this way, if they did, but it does, let's just say they did, and they do, by the way, this isn't, you know created in a vacuum this isn't some guy's bad dream that he woke up and said my god people are going to make monkey chants towards uh you know towards players of different ethnicities on the pitch no no they do this there are people that are so stupid and disgusting that they do this but they will get caught and when they're caught and they're found and their pictures are found guess what they get banned for life that's right life they cannot buy a ticket. They cannot walk into the stadium. And I think what they should do, I personally think, the Football Association and the Premier League should make that a ban across all clubs. So if you're caught making racist chants at a stadium, your football days are over unless you're just happy to sit home, wallow in your racist hell, and watch television. But they do give out lifetime bans for this. That is appropriate. 
And that's the punishments that's meted out. Quickly, swiftly, with justice for all. And by the way, most of the recent racist incidents, interestingly enough, have come through people capturing these morons on their cell phones. Hasn't even come through the CCTVs. Other people around them take cell phone pictures, put it up on Facebook, tag the club, and guess what? There's an investigation. Those idiots are found out, and then they get to enjoy their lifetime ban. No time for it. No time for it. Don't want it. Throw it out of the game. Don't want these people in the game. Throw them out of the game. I'm sorry. Let them go live in a racist island somewhere where they can all, you know, be angry at whoever it is they're angry at. And, uh, you know, I just I just don't get it. I'm sure you don't get it either. All right. Well, that was my thought about it. By the way, transfer window opens up in January. Lots of teams posturing. Lots of teams posturing. There's some, uh, there are some players out there that are uh, definitely in the mix. Uh, we talked about Minamoto, who was signed from uh, uh, Red Bull and is going to Liverpool. They signed him already. Uh, Chelsea are looking for uh, Timo Werner from uh, Leipzig. I don't know if they're going to get him or not. Uh, We know Pogba wants to leave United and uh, probably go back to Juventus, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Neymar, Barcelona are going to make another run. And Neymar, I don't understand these guys, you know. Oh, maybe this is a topic for discussion after the break. But Neymar is, for me, a very overrated player. A player that could have been one of the world's greats, but isn't. Probably because he just falls a little shy in terms of ability. Um, Believe you me, his ability is terrific. But you know what I'm saying. There's a difference. But Barcelona are just bending over backwards, trying to break any rule to pry him from PSG. Let him have him. Barcelona is still going to be a rebuilding team. Meanwhile, United still fighting, still trying to get Erlen Haaland from Salzburg. It's a tough one. I mean, he's going to go there, but they're going to really absolutely uh, turn the screws on United and they to pay up. And you know what? A 19-year-old talent like that, that is what United need. That is what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer needs. This club has got to start rebuilding with really good young talent. And by the way, I do believe Pogba has to go. Um, uh, you know, the unrealized ability of Pogba is a great player, but you, you don't go from being a great player to being a crappy player overnight. And just the system's not there, the club's not there for him. It's not the right fit. By the way, Edison Cavani likely to go to Atletico, which is going to be interesting um, in terms of the Champions League, although he's probably uh, going to be cup-tied. Atletico facing Liverpool in the um, Champions League knockout stages. Both Everton and Atletico are fighting for Rafael Santo Borre from River Plate, a young talent there in Argentina. And it looks like Zlatan is headed back, headed on his way to uh, AC Milan where they can build a statue of him and someone can break its nose off because that's what happened to the Zlatan statue. Villa, trying to bring in Milo Rashica from Bremen, but probably going to be priced out of that move. 
Meanwhile, the beat goes on. And when we come back after break, I'm going to start looking at the matches this weekend. By the way, interesting story. Liverpool are going to appeal to the Premier League. They want to wear the FIFA World Championship badge on their shirts in domestic matches. We could get a little uh, tete-a-tete here between FIFA and UEFA and the Premier League. Could be interesting. a little interesting nugget to ruminate on. Meanwhile, I'm going to be back after the break here. We're going to look at these games. Fist Street Soccer, Nick Gieber. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. I'll be back in three minutes. You'll be sure to stay with me. All right, welcome back. It's time to get into some uh, Boxing Day football. Uh, Let's do it, shall we? Don't forget, the bottom of the table right now looks as follows. Aston Villa, 18th, after they lost 3-1 at Villa Park against Southampton over the weekend. By the way, what is going on with Villa? They spend 130 to 150 million pounds on players, but it's just not happening for them. I mean, it really, they've only won four matches on the season. And last week, Watford getting, going to Old Trafford, getting a 2-0 victory over United. Look, United are a club that is in a rebuilding mode. And, um, you know, we had uh, Phil Brown on here talking about it. We know what the issues are at the club. It's not just the players. It's, you know, Ed Woodward. It's the Glazers. It's the infrastructure. There's so, so much that needs to be fixed at United. So, but even I was surprised uh, that at Vicarage Road, United would lose 2-0. I maybe thought that could have been a draw. But, you know, if you remember when I gave you my picks for uh, last weekend, I said, I'm not betting United anymore because I just don't understand them. They're all over the place. They are the most inconsistent team in the Premier League, and they proved that again over the weekend. Uh, Why don't we start with Man United, shall we? They are go. They are hosting Newcastle United at St James's Park, and Newcastle, on the other hand, uh, are a team uh, that is very happy to be up in ninth place. They're just one spot below United, and they are tied on points with United. And if you think about it, it really is a function of uh, a form. And and both these teams, by the way, have been in really really similar form. Surprisingly enough, since Newcastle's a 1-0 loss uh, middle of October at Stamford Bridge. They've actually been on a really, really good path. They've won every game but what? Uh, they've tied two, lost two, and they've won five. Steve Bruce really doing a nice job with Newcastle United, which is a good, solid club. Great supporters, good ownership, you know, decent ownership. I know there's a lot of discussion about the ownership at Newcastle. I, I, I get it. But, you know, to bring in Steve Bruce, they've got a decent club. They've got a decent squad. Uh, yeah, he needs to invest in this squad, absolutely. And he's probably not the guy to own this team going forwards. But he's got the right manager in there. They're mid-table right now. And United, well, we can talk about them. I mean, you know, look, they started off with a great high, huge 4-0 victory at home against Chelsea. And then between that day and the season open in August until... The draw against Liverpool back in the end of October, they only won two matches. But there was something about that huge result. Now, keep in mind, United are the only team in 18 games to take any points off of Liverpool at all. 
things have been improving for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, despite, despite that loss at Vicarage Road. Oh, and the loss at <laughs> the Amex against Bournemouth. Pardon me, it wasn't at the Amex at Bournemouth. Uh, you'll excuse me for that. Despite that, you, you, it's just, it is confusing. It is confusing. So they lost at Vitality. We talked about that. And then they lost at Vicarage Road. And they had draws against Everton at Old Trafford, which was, you know, an Everton that was struggling, let's be honest. And then they also had draws against Sheffield, United, at Bramall Lane. And I mentioned the 2-2 draw with Villa. Look, it's hard to know what's going on with United. And so this particular match, which is going to see United hosting Newcastle, the two Uniteds, Newcastle and uh, Manchester, uh, is a very tough one for me to predict. Uh, I suppose if I have to predict it, I'd probably give a draw for this one. I mean, Pogba came off the bench in the last game. Didn't look particularly good. I don't know. But I I can't say that United are going to win. They should win it, but will they? I don't know. They're all over the place. We just talked about it. Let's take a look at what how this pays and what these odds are. So the draw plays 366. Uh, United, big home favorites at minus 214. And Newcastle, huge away uh, money at plus 642. Um, I'm going to take the draw on this one because I think it's going to be a draw. So that's why I would take the draw. So there you have it. That's the first game. Let's get that one under our belt. The draw. And I'm sorry, I'm doing a little uh, Captain Kirk on you, William Shatner, because I'm, uh, you know what, I'm recording this uh, show uh, for you. And, uh, you know, it's Christmas and uh, the eggnog is taking its toll. Because that's what eggnog does. (laughs) Right. Uh, Next up, let's see. Um, Let's talk about Spurs Brighton. This is at Tottenham Stadium. And again, Spurs... Losing at home 2-0 to Chelsea. Keep in mind, they were... This was their opportunity to leapfrog Chelsea in the table. This was a Chelsea that had losses against Everton, losses against Bournemouth, losses against City, losses against West Ham, who'd only won one, and that was a 2-1 victory at the bridge against Villa. So they go away to Tottenham Stadium with Jose Mourinho, the new manager. Uh, you know, they've got a little bounce going on under Mourinho. It's been really it's been really good. They've had, they what, won four out of their last five games. And then boom. This ugly game, Son gets sent off for a red card, which, by the way, I have to say, I'm sorry. If, if you, How can you look me in the eye and tell me that wasn't a red card? He kicked out, he kicked up, and he got kicked out. And that is the way it should be. Does it, does it mean uh, 
Hyun Ming Song is a bad man or a dirty player. No, he's a tough competitor, and and you know he made a mistake, and he will suffer the consequences. Although Spurs are appealing the red card, I think that appeal will and should fall on deaf ears. Because if it doesn't, I guess kicking out at players with your boots is going to be acceptable behavior, and then all of a sudden we have a game that's degenerating into a brawl. Which, you know, after some of the matches I've watched, might, might not necessarily be a bad thing, but uh, I don't think it's, 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 it's good for the game. But Tottenham choked, and I was surprised. I thought they were going to win that game, and I thought they were going to leapfrog Chelsea, and uh, now Chelsea sitting in the Champions League spots in fourth spot. Tottenham seventh. And they got a big game at home against Brighton. Chelsea are hosting Southampton. I forget which game we were doing. <laughs> Tottenham Brighton. Ah, oh, look, Spurs should win this game. Um, I, I, I can't see really any other result, despite the weekend's results, which was uh, disappointing from from Tottenham's uh, perspective. But I, I, I would be very surprised if Spurs don't bounce back under Mourinho and uh, and and win this game. Uh, they're a good squad. Um, and Brighton, I mean, they they lost to Sheffield United. Um, I think Mourinho's got to do a little work in the midfield, but they should make uh, easy work of, of Brighton here, uh, of the Seagulls. I, I'm going to go... <coughs> I'm going to cough. No, I'm not. I'm going to tell you who's going to win. Tottenham should win this game 3-0. 2-0, 3-0, along those lines. Uh, I don't see Brighton scoring, and I definitely see a response from Spurs. And let's take a look at what the odds are for this one right now. Um, they're probably big home favorites. They are. They're two minus two twenty eight on the money line. Brighton plus sixty six sixty six on the money line. The draw is plus three eighty five. As I said, I like Tottenham at home. I like three nil. Let's see what the goal consensus is. Wow, and the goal consensus is three. So I probably wouldn't bet this one. There's not a great deal in it in it for you here. To get paid on the on the spread, Tottenham are a minus one, which is interesting because the consensus result is three nil, but they're minus one. Okay, all right. Well, I'll go with that. Okay, let's move on. We've got time to do one more game here before we have to take a break. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, let's not do Bournemouth uh, Arsenal. Let's do Chelsea Southampton. I think that's a relatively easy one. Chelsea coming off this great victory uh, over Spurs away. I think, you know, these look, this is another inconsistent team. All over the place. But they're young. They're energetic. I think Frank Lampard, you know, needed that win because they were in a bit of a skid, to be fair. They'd lost four of the last five games. They needed this win. And look, it's consistency that's been dogging Chelsea. You get that with young teams. Uh, I think Southampton will play up for them, but Chelsea are going to beat them at the bridge. And I'm saying this is a 2 or 3-0 scoreline. And let's take a look. Uh, they are huge home favorites at uh, minus 324 
Southampton, a massive away payout, a plus 921, but that's not going to happen. Neither is the draw, a plus 490. You're going to want to take Chelsea, if anything, not much value there at minus 324. Let's have a look. I say 2-0. Let's take a look at what the consensus is here before we go to break. And the goal consensus on this one is, wow, uh, three. So I wouldn't even take the under or the over. By the way, Chelsea are minus one and a half in terms of spread on this one. All right, I'm going to take a break. We'll be right back with more matches here in our Boxing Day edition of Fistory Soccer. Welcome back. This free soccer. Nick Eber with you. It's always good to be with you, especially this Boxing Day. Hey, look, let's talk for a minute about sleep. And I know it sounds dull, but if you listen to these studies from Harvard and John Hopkins, that chronic sleep deprivation has been shown to lead to depression, diabetes, obesity, and cardiovascular disease. Good Lord, I think I've got at least two of those three. We need eight hours of sleep a day, and I can tell you I get nowhere near that. I'm lucky if I get five or six. And you know what one of sleep's biggest problems is? It's temperature. It's tough to get good sleep if you're too hot or you're too cold. Look, I want to tell you about the Pod by 8 Sleep. The Pod by 8 Sleep is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness, developed by leading sleep researchers after tracking 43 million hours of sleep. Good Lord, I could use with just a couple of those. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It learns your sleep habits. It adjusts the temperature automatically for you. That means if you like the bed cool, but your partner likes the bed warm, well, now you can both have it the way you want it at the same time. Look, it's in a crazy comfortable bed as well. Sleep longer, deeper, you wake up refreshed, you're ready to take on the world. Try the pod for 100 nights, and if you don't love it, they'll refund your purchase, and they'll arrange for a free pickup. They already sold out of their first two batches, so they're going fast. For a limited time, get 150 bucks off your purchase when you go to 8sleep.com slash pro. That's E-I-G-H-T, sleep.com slash pro. Asleep.com slash pro. Go there now. All right, and uh, you should definitely do that, by the way. Need to get some sleep, particularly this holiday season. So important. All right, let's get back to the game, shall we? Tottenham Brighton, uh, we talked about that one, but let's talk about Villa Norwich because this is a huge game here. Uh, you know, Aston Villa, they are shipping goals. Oh, my God, they lost to Southampton. I mean, Zowie. I don't know what it is about Ralph Hassenhutel, but this guy has got more lives than a cat. Although, Boxing Day at the Bridge, he's going to lose one of them against Chelsea. But let's get back to this huge match between Villa and Norwich. Because look, Nor Villa are three points behind Southampton. They are in the relegation zone. Norwich three points behind Villa. This is a true six-point relegation battle by any stretch of the imagination both of these teams ship goals en masse. Between them so far in 18 games, they've shipped 70 goals. You heard me, 7-0 goals. I can understand Norwich 
who ran away with the championship last year on at a canter, and then ownership at Norwich made a decision to go with the team that saw them to the top of the championship with not many changes when they moved up into the Premier League. And that was a decision that Delia Smith and the board at Norwich made for financial reasons, for reasons of loyalty, for reasons of club charter, for reasons of, of you know, this is what they believed in. And, and I respect that, by the way. And there were times this season, you know, where we've looked at Norwich and said, ooh, particularly early on, you know, when they won that second game. They beat Newcastle at home at Carrow Road. <laughs> we were all saying, oh, they're a genius. Of course, they lost the next two against West Ham and, and Chelsea. But, you know, it just hasn't worked for Norwich. And they're going to go down to the championship. And they'll probably come right back up again. They certainly, if they keep the squad intact. But they've made a financial decision of this club to operate it uh, like mature adults. And, um, you know, they're just reaping the consequences of that. And uh, I know Canaries fans are going to be upset, but but I I can't fault them for this. Aston Villa, on the other hand, spent a a boatload of money in the offseason trying to build this squad up uh, from a championship squad to a Premier League squad. And other than a sort of brief spell around October where they had a sort of three-game unbeaten run, uh, where they beat Norwich at home uh, five, they beat Norwich at Carrow Road five one, and then they beat Brighton at Villa Park two one, uh, and that was uh, that was also middle of October. In the nine games following, they've lost seven, won one, and drawn one. I mean, that is uh, crapping the bed in a huge way for a club that spent £130 million, well, closer to £150 million. Now, this match is at Villa Park. Norwich are going to be going to Villa Park looking for payback. Villa have scored more goals than Norwich, 24-19. They've shipped fewer goals than Norwich, 33-37. They beat Norwich at Carrow Road. They're now at home. They're coming off what had to have been a really disappointing 3-1 loss to Southampton. You know what? I am going to say that Aston Villa are going to win this game, and we are going to see a response for them. Dean Smith generally puts good sides out. He's a good manager. Four game in a row loss is tough for them. Yes, John McGinn's injury is is a big problem for them as well. But I don't know. I just don't think Norwich's defensive issues are going to get any better all of a sudden. And I think the Villa have enough of a threat to win this game. I'm going to say 2-0. Let's take a look at what the odds are for this particular game. We're looking again, Aston Villa-Norwich. There is currently plus money, and it's widening. It opened at plus 102. It's now plus 118, anywhere between plus 112 and plus 118 for Aston Villa at home. I would take that money all day long. Aston Villa, I'm pretty sure, going to win this game. All right, let's move on to the next one, shall we? Arsenal traveling to the Vitality uh, at uh, Bournemouth. And Arsenal, (laughs) that's another team. I mean, you just, Arsenal rubbish. Despite Mikel Arteta arriving from uh, Man City, by the way, Arsenal didn't even bother to tell Man City they were going to be taking their assistant manager. 
Man City found out about it by watching the news media, which is, you know, completely wrong. But Arsenal are a crap team. They're a rubbish team. Uh, I think Arteta is not a good manager, not the right manager for them. This is a team that has won one game since the beginning of October. Funnily enough, they did better under Unai Emery than they have under Freddie Lundberg and now Arteta. It's a team with no spine. It's a team with no soul. It's a team with no guts. And it's a team facing a wounded Bournemouth side who have been in a horrid run of form since the beginning of November. They have lost six of the last seven games. The only game they won uh, was that game at the bridge against Chelsea. But, you know, we talked about how how bizarre that is. Um, You know, I would say Arsenal should win this game, but I'm not because they're not going to. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen in this game. This is going to be a draw. Bournemouth are in need of points. Arsenal are in need of a soul. They're like Wizard of Oz. I don't know. There was the Tin Man, and then there was the Lion, and then there's the Gunners. (laughs) The Gunners need a spine, a backbone. The draw plus 321. Take it all day long at the Vitality. I can't see Arsenal winning it. They may, but I just, I just, they're so bad. I don't know what to say. Eleventh uh, place flatters them right now. Top four, top six team. Come on, uh, Chelsea, Southampton. We talked about that. Chelsea should beat Southampton. <coughs> Crystal Palace, West Ham. You know, both of these teams are teams that have truly underperformed this year. I mean, both these teams are good teams. Both these teams have good squads. West Ham have a very good manager in Pellegrini. Crystal Palace have some extremely good players. Yet for some reason. Uh, I just can't understand it. Crystal Palace are rubbish. They lose 1-0 at St. James's Park. They drew 1-1 against Brighton at Selhurst Park. 0-0 against the worst team in the league, Watford at Vicarage Road. Yeah, they have a couple of wins against Bournemouth. Uh, they, they beat Burnley. But then lose, 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 draw. Lose Crystal Palace all over the bloody place. And, and West Ham... In fairness, not a whole lot better. From reaching the dizzying heights of fifth place in the league, the 2-2 draw against Bournemouth way back in September. What, match day seven? They've won two games since, in 11 games. But the last game they won, Took him out of a couple of games uh, slide against Southampton. You know, funnily enough, I like Newcastle. Uh, pardon me. I like West Ham United for this game at Selhurst Park. And right now, uh, how's that pay? Let's take a look. Plus 258. I think West Ham going to win that game at Selhurst Park. All right, we're moving right along. We've only got a few more minutes. Um, Everton Burnley. I think Everton are going to beat Burnley at Goodison. Sheffield United Watford. The Blades are going to win, I'm pretty sure, at Bramall Lane. Man United, Newcastle. I'm passing on any predictions on that game because United are all over the place. Let's get to it. Leicester City, Liverpool, the big game of the weekend at the King Power. Liverpool coming off that World Club Cup victory against Flamengo. Very tough victory, by the way. Went to overtime. Flamengo played them rough and tough. By the way, lots of credit to them. I thought they were dirty and kind of cheating at times, but they did what they had to do. Uh, it just took a late 
moment of uh, brilliance and, and a Firmino tap-in, really, uh, for Liverpool to win this game, which they did. And they're now facing uh, number one, number two in the league, Liverpool-Leicester. Look, Leicester aren't going to leapfrog Liverpool or anything near it. Uh, they are currently 10 points behind. Uh, they've had a rough uh, couple of games, to be fair. Uh, they lost uh, to Manchester City 3-1, which, oh, we're not too surprised. But it was that 1-1 draw against Norwich at King Power, which really had me shocked, had everybody shocked. It rocked the footballing world. Leicester City are a great squad. I think Brendan Rodgers is a wonderful manager, doing a great job with them. Their results this season would, quite honestly, put them in title contention any other year. But I don't think they're going to beat Liverpool because Liverpool just have a way to win. And I know it's that vitality. It's always been good for good for Leicester City. Uh, let's take a look at what the odds are. There's plus money on Liverpool at plus 123, by the way, which means the bookmakers are not sure Liverpool are going to win this game. They're tired. They're knocked up a bit. Knocked up. You know, I don't mean pregnant. I mean injured. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain got picked up an in injury in Doha. They're certainly tired. Uh, but, you know, Virgil van Dijk was back playing in Doha. I, I, I think... It'll be a game. There'll be goals. 2-1 Liverpool. 2-1 Liverpool at the King Power Stadium. Um, no disrespect to Leicester. Brendan Rodgers, great job. They're going to finish solidly in second place. Uh, exciting stuff, particularly if you're a Liverpool supporter. All right, I'm going to take a break. You can find me on Twitter, by the way, at McGeber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Love to hear from you there as we uh, have wrapped up, just about wrapped up our Boxing Day matches. And, of course, uh, we'll be back with you after Boxing Day to go through all the weekend matches in the Premier League. I'm coming to you live on Dan Patrick Sports, Sirius XM 211, the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also American Forces, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, the award-winning Sirius XM app, and, as I mentioned immediately following the show, the podcast available on the Believe Podcast Network. All right, I have to take a break. I'll be right back. <laughs> Ah, the Stranglers, No More Heroes. Uh, I believe that's from Ratus Novegicus, or maybe the album was No More Heroes, but a uh, great band from the 70s and very early 80s. Really loved the Stranglers. Kind of flew under the radar. No More Heroes. Well, lots of heroes this weekend in the Premier League, of course, and Boxing Day, which is one of the great times of uh, for football. You know, most of the other leagues taking a holiday. And they will have a break. The way they're doing the winter break this year is interesting. They're sort of giving teams, quote, bye weeks to kind of stagger it out a little bit so players can get some more rest. I think it's a great way of doing it. I think it really takes into account what the fans want and what the players need. And I think uh, kudos to the Premier League for figuring out a way to get it done without interrupting the flow of the game. Now, clearly, if your team is one of those that is has a bye week, then... Uh, you know, you're not overly thrilled about it. But the flip side of that is that there's lots and lots of games to watch. And as we looked at this weekend, all sorts of stuff, including we mentioned that top one and two fighting it out. And then that huge relegation battle, that massive game between Villa and Norwich, which really is huge. And we touched briefly on Everton Burnley. If you want to see uh, Ancelotti's first game in charge, you want to watch that game with, at Goodison Park. Uh, Sheffield United, Watford, that's another uh, interesting game. Uh, you know, you really have to really kind of love the Blades. They've had 
a, a really good season so far. And, uh, you know, at times they're threatening. And this is a team right now promoted in fifth in fifth spot. They've only lost, what, four games on the season. Great stuff coming off that big win uh, away at the Amex against Brighton. Uh, but now they're facing Watford, who are terrible at the bottom of the table and uh, did just get their first win, though, against United. All sorts of drama. Check in with me on Friday. We'll look back at the Premier League games, see how I did with my predictions. Hope you have a wonderful Christmas, a wonderful Boxing Day. Enjoy the football, and uh, I will speak to you on Friday. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.